you're listening to MOD Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we're going to be continuing our series on the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 2. We stopped at verse 11 yesterday where it says there's no partiality with God. This is our line by line, verse by verse explanation of God's word. And as always, the objective of this is to actually help you to see how God's word should be explained or how to study God's word for yourself. And as well, of course, learn the lessons that the scriptures are teaching along the way. So, To get started, let's go back to verse 11. It said, For there is no partiality with God. Of course, Paul brings this in when he's talking about the Jews and the Greek. Because if you look at verse 9, it says, Tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Are you seeing that? So it's because he brings the Jew and the Greek. He now says, For there is no partiality with God. In other words, whether it's Jews, if you break the law or the laws of God, you're going to get it. If you're Greek and you also mess up, you're going to get get it. Remember that we were talking about, in Romans 1, he explains that God's wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and against men who suppress that truth of God in unrighteousness. Meaning people who say, yeah, there's a God though, and he has his laws and everything. He has the way life should be run, but they reject the knowledge of God because they want to do their own thing. And so Paul actually is just making an argument or making a case for the fact that there's nobody who is righteous. There's nobody who can actually stand before God on that last day and say they have an excuse for the way they live their life. Actually, Romans 1, Romans 2, and even you're going to see Romans 3, Romans 4, it still has those undertones where Paul is just trying to like clear everybody and let them know, see, guy, you don't have an excuse for the way I live your life. Sin is sin and you will be judged for sin, right? And we've established the fact that sin also is to go your own way. The idea of sin is me going my own way, me doing my own thing, me trying to establish my own code of conduct outside of God. Who is the one who made everything and who is the one that I owe my life to? The one who can determine how my life should be run. The creator cannot determine what their life should be like. No, the creator is the one who determines what the created should do or the code of conduct that they should carry. So, I hope that's not too complex. (laughs) Alright? So, verse 11 says, there is no partiality with God. So, remember we said he's introducing the idea of the Jews and the Greeks and we're going to see why. Verse 12, it says, For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. So you see at this point, he's introducing the laws of Moses. That is, the laws that God gave Moses or for the children of Israel. He's introducing that. He says, As many as have sinned without law will perish without law. In other words, the Jewish nation were the ones who received the laws of Moses. And of course, the laws they had, God's standard. They revealed God's standard. In fact, if you read down, I think, to Romans, I think, 5 or 6, it actually explains to us that the law came that every mouth be stopped and everyone declared guilty before God. In other words, that law actually came for us to know that we are 
guilty. It revealed God's righteous standard. And of course, when God's standard was known, like it is, or how I put it, declared, because for some reason, people actually know right and wrong. And we're going to get to that. But when it is declared like that, that this is in black and white, this is God's standard. What happens is that you now compare yourself to the standard and you see how low you fall, how short you fall of that standard, because there is none who can keep that standard. And I'm going to say that that's a running thing in Romans. No one can actually keep that standard. It's impossible to keep the standard. So even with all the things he's saying, the idea is to bring you to the end of yourself where you realize, I am a sinner. I can't keep God's standard. I need a savior. I need salvation. All right. So let's move on. So he says, there is, um, says, okay, as many as are seen in the law will be judged by the law. All right. So your judgment will come from that document. If you were Jew and you're under the law, that is Moses received the law and you're a Jew. So you are bound by that law. He says you will receive your judgment from that law. Right. And we saw that in the, in fact, the entire Old Testament, you see how that law, that document, that declaration of God's righteousness came time after time to, to judge them when they erred from it. Judge them. Remember we said that people who are who actually do these things are deserving of death. That was Romans 1, I think verse 32, the last uh, verse in Romans 1, that they are deserving of death. Are you seeing that? And so, of course, we saw that in the, in the time of Moses, when they went against the law we saw there were different kinds of punishment actually it wasn't fully death but the whole idea is that destruction comes from the law right and sin generally will lead to death so even if you don't pay in this life or how like put or you pay a small stipend that lie that stealing that cheating that small thing that is small in your own eyes will eventually lead to divine judgment which is death because we're also going to see as we study further that according to moses's document it is not enough to keep one of the law. In fact, the Bible says clearly that if you break one of the laws, you've broken everything. So it's either you keep all or you keep none. Like if you break one, you've broken all. So really, it's like there's no way out of this crazy maze. Okay, so it says, as many as have seen outside the law will also perish outside the law. As many as have seen in the law will be judged by the law. So now look at what he means by perishing outside the law. Verse 13, it says, For... Okay, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So, what's he saying? He's saying that you Jews, it's not enough that you have the law. Like you can boast we Jews, we have the law of God. It's not enough. Keeping the law is what matters, not just hearing the law. Keeping it is actually what matters. And as I said before, it's against the background that you actually cannot keep everything. Right? Paul is actually going somewhere with this argument. Verse 14, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law these although not having the law are a lot to themselves so he's now saying something that right that it's the doers of the law who will be justified that who will, will be declared righteous who will be exempt from punishment and these gentiles who don't have the law he says but by nature now the word here is by nature very important word he says when gentiles who do not have the law, they don't have it they were not there when god gave Moses the law they're not descendants of the children of Israel, the children of Israel, right? But he says that they what? By nature, do the things in the law. Although not having the law, are a lot to themselves. In other words, it actually points to the fact that naturally, every man has a moral compass. Every man has something inside him or her telling him, this is wrong, that is right. This is right, 
that is wrong. Something in there is pointing or tilting them towards the right things and, and kind of letting them know that this thing you're doing is very wrong. And that's a very powerful thing because you're going to see in the next verse that that's actually what is going to judge those who are not born again. Verse 15, it says, Who show the work of the law written in their hearts? Right? The work of the law is written in their hearts. Meaning that God, on this, it's not just that God gave Moses tablets of stone. We can't can't, uh, say that it is only the Jews who knew what was right and wrong. It's a lie. No, we can't say that. Because you are seeing clearly here, Paul is making the argument in scripture that the law, God's righteous standard, has been imprinted in the heart, in the mind, in the conscience of every single individual. So by intuition, by a, a knowing, you know when something is right, you know when something is wrong. Now, it doesn't mean you cannot sear your conscience with a hot iron, as Paul actually explains in that book. I think maybe it's even romance. But he says, because he explains the fact that you can actually sear your conscience with a hot iron. That is, you can actually um, deaden your conscience. This right and wrong faculty inside you, you can deaden it. You can kill it. You can disregard it. You can refuse to, you know, um, how will I put it? You can refuse to respond to it. And the more you do that, what happens is that it begins to, like receive that thing and some people have actually crushed their conscience to the point that they don't <laughs> they do something wrong and then they don't feel anything but it doesn't mean it's not there it's there it's just that you refuse to regard it and you've you've been cruel you've crushed it and that's why you're not receiving any impulses it doesn't mean that the impulses are not there so he says who show the works of the Lord in their hearts their conscience are you seeing this their conscience bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or excusing them are you seeing this? This is powerful. It says their conscience is bearing witness. To bear witness is either to agree or disagree. The conscience say, mm, 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 mm. yes, okay, this is good, this is bad. And between themselves, their thoughts accusing them. So in other words, it means your thoughts can accuse you. It means when you do something wrong, you have thoughts that are there to accuse you. <laughs> so let me say this, even for the believer, the Holy Ghost does not need to accuse you. Your thoughts, your conscience, right, can accuse you or excuse you. When you do right, it can, or thumbs up. When you do wrong, it can accuse you. Say, guy, you are doing something very wrong. And that's why part of our job is actually to keep our consciences tender because you can deaden your conscience to the point where something that's supposed to be right, I mean, or something wrong, right, doesn't mean anything to you because you've killed it by not answering it by violating it okay so he now says in the day when god will judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel so this is quite powerful powerful in the sense that you have the jews who on their own they have the law revealed to them declared to them in fact it's a document that's supposed to declare to them that look all of you have this standard to keep this is god's standard and I mean, try your best to keep it and they try and they fail. But God is also saying that this same document is in every man's heart and every man will still face the music because you can't get, you can't die and appear before God and and feign ignorance. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. What do you mean? I didn't know this was wrong. Uh -uh, No, inside, there's that same thing written there telling you this is right. This is wrong. So when you disregard it, you also face the music. Everybody's going to face the music. It's God's righteous standard and every man who goes his own way 
will face the music. Are you seeing that? Of course, Paul is actually setting us up to the point whereby you will see the fact that every man means the Savior. But now he says we are inexcusable, right? If you are a Jew, you are a Greek. So a man in Africa who says, I, I, I didn't have the law of Moses, you are not without excuse, right? The Jew who is who was under the law, just because you have laws of Moses doesn't make you special. In fact, you will see that later, he, I think he even makes the argument there that the real Jew is the one who actually does <laughs> the law of Moses, not even the one who was born an Israelite. Are you seeing that? So, that's actually how God is going to judge in fairness. In fairness, God has revealed his righteous standard to all of us, both by the laws of Moses and by our consciences. And not just that, of course, the idea that there's a God, remember in Romans 1, he already said the fact that the, that nature, everything around us, the world around us, reality declares that there is a God, that men are without excuse. It should, that God has shown into us by looking around, we can know there is a God. So no one has an excuse on that day. Everyone is guilty before God, right? Now, I'm still thinking about what I'm going to title this particular uh, episode, right? Probably I'll call it inexcusable or something um, along those lines, well, but <laughs> let's see. Anyway, guys, that's it for today. We're going to continue um, tomorrow and by God's grace, I mean, we're going to dig in and finish Romans 2 and then 3 and then 4 and then 5 and just keep going, all right? So, guys, that's it. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Share this with somebody. Let them also learn what you're learning. And we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye. If this blessed you, or you want to say hi, or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien. Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.